It's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal of the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Henrik and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on SpoilerVerse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. to the Spoilerverse. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Green. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's Andy MacDonald, the artist of Rogue Planet, written by Colin Bunn. Yeah, and we had Colin on a little, a little while ago talking with Casey, and uh, this is also a book that we all we read and previewed. It's, it's, a lo- it's a lot of fun. The book's a lot of fun. And Jeff got to sit down and talk with Andy about Rogue Planet and about working with Marvel and, and, and working through COVID and working all the, you know, all the crazy All the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. It was really a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. fun. Artists are, are a unique breed. They are. Either they're very, very humble and just, you know, uh, just, just have a passion for it. And, or they're like rock stars. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Well, it, it's it's also kind of funny because I've noticed, you know, we've done a lot of interviews with, with creators yeah. throughout this whole COVID thing, right? Yeah, independents all the way to superstars. Yeah, and they all kind of like are the same, like, oh, it's not affecting me too much. I do, I'm, I'm always from home anyways. <laughs> right, because <laughs> so many of them are like introvert. Yeah. And so this like works for them. <laughs> right, which I mean, it works for me. I work from home and I'm an introvert, so whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. And I'm excited to sit back and listen to, to Andy because uh, Rogue Planet is is a cool book. Yeah. Uh, the art is fantastic. Colin Bunn's an excellent writer. And so why don't we just sit back right now and listen to Andy in his own words. Hi, you're listening to Spoiler Country. And, to, and tonight we have Andy McDonald. Welcome, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's definitely our pleasure. We're very glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here. So glad to be anywhere at this moment. Yeah, are things rough where you are? It's it's not rough. I th- I feel like it's still kind of like early days on on stuff. I, I live kind of like in the in, in the country, so it's like I don't know. Like maybe you've talked to a lot of freelancers, but uh, most freelancers kind of live a solitary life, anyways. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. so. A lot of it just seems like normal day-to-day stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it is weird to uh, see, you know, whole aisles of toilet paper and paper towels just gone in the grocery store. Other than that, like, it yeah. just... So you're kind of auto-self-distancing at the moment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I could say that and may have it, hopefully have it sound like I'm being responsible, but it's actually just uh, <laughs> it's long hours at the drawing table. <laughs> but hey, but it's but at least you're comfortable though, and you're and you're used to it, so it's, it's not a major um, interruption in your life. Yeah, I I think uh, 
hopefully I can at least help out people who aren't used to this lifestyle, <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have a lot of advice for, for them. Well, I'm, I'm sure it is. Try to keep to a schedule. It's probably the best I can come up with. I must admit, the more I'm at home and on lockdown, the lazier I'm getting, I must admit. <laughs> yeah. Are, do you find that you're getting more or less sleep? Um, I'm getting um, random sleep. I, I'm sleeping maybe five hours, um, maybe at night, and then random naps during the day, which is really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah i mean um i'm just about getting ready to go back into work a little bit i'm a i'm a teacher so we they gave us a week of um spring vacation uh last week and now we're supposed to be um uh distant uh, remote teaching so i'm trying to get myself to get into a habit of working while sitting on my couch watching television with my <laughs> dog <laughs> yeah you've uh, yeah you've 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 got freelance. That's, that's how it goes. I become a freelance teacher. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a daily battle between uh, the, the that stack of shows that you want to get to and uh, the rest of your work life. Yeah, you, you just assume maybe um, tell uh, the kids can wait. I got TV to watch. <laughs> but um, so um, you're working on Rogue Planet right now. Yep. Uh, when when what when is it or was it expected to be released? Uh, issue one was going to be uh, released on April first. Okay. And uh, I think it might still be. I'm I'm not sure now. It, it seems like everything is changing, uh, you know, day to day, um, in the world, but also in like the world of comics with like distribution and stuff, like um, people pulling, uh, shutting stores, and and distribution like stopping. Yeah, I heard that Diamond has decided that they're no longer going to re release any new comic books after a week from Wednesday. Oh, really? They uh, officially sh uh, shut the doors and said, we'll get back to you guys on this. I see. I guess, I, well, that seems responsible. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a scary, scary thought for a lot of people, but um, hopefully it's the, the responsible choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, um, I I wish I had a better, had more knowledge about the business. On one hand, I'm thinking, from a social distancing standpoint, I definitely understand it. But part of me was also wondering, do the local stores need to get those comic books for people like me to order for delivery of those comics? But at the same time, I might, I might just be looking at it from a total selfish point of view. It's hard to tell. <laughs> well, it's, you know, every, everybody's... It's it's hard not to now, you know. Like I think everybody is going to look for, to some extent, from a selfish point of view, because uh, you know you everybody's got bills to pay and people got comics they want to read and you know on all, all sides of it, everyone just wants to know what's what's kind of when it can go back to normal, you know. Yeah, I mean it. It on the one on the one hand, it kind of feels like it could happen any day, but the other hand, there's a part of me that's wondering it's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it might be a while just to on safety sake. So has Oni Press given you any updates on how they're going to handle the work on Rogue Planet? Um, as far as? Um, as far as soliciting further issues before, because uh, like I said before distribution, are they still taking submissions from you and Colin for completed uh, uh, stories? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty much, we're, I'm, I'm still working on um, an issue now. But we're pretty much done with this part of it, so that's good. But like, I don't at this point, like, who knows when it'll when like when it'll be available? You know, how, about how far along are you guys in the um, series uh, completed? 
the script is done and I'm working on issue five. Holy wow. You guys really do work ahead of time, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think Oni, um, they, they definitely cover their bases as far as like getting projects done and ready before they, um, uh, hit the shelves that way, you know, when, when a project starts, you don't have to worry about it missing, you know, you're not going to miss your release dates. So I must say, I don't know a whole lot about Oni. Um, are they a crater owned um, company or are they more like, um, DC Marvel where they own the property? Um, I think I, I, I'd hate to say and be wrong. I, it's been, it's been a while <laughs> since I look at the contract. I, I think they do, they do some sharing. Uh, I think they own, uh, rights maybe for a limited amount of time, you know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would hate to, <laughs> I hate to go on and be completely wrong. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I totally understand people, that uh, the wrong idea of, of what, what Oni, what Oni does. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. That's totally fair enough. Um, how did you get involved with rogue plan to begin with? Um, I think, I think it might've been the colorist, Nick Filardi, uh, mentioned, said, I think he was talking to, to Charlie at Oni and mentioned my name for a project maybe you wanted to work with me and colin had something coming up and and kind of we all nick and i nick filardi and i had had worked together a bunch of times before that but i'd never worked with colin and um it just sounded like a you know a really cool thing to 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 get working on um but i i think my my recollection is it's all (laughs) nick filardi is to blame (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> well, like I said, it's, I mean, it sounds it's a fantastic first issue that that we, I had the um, opportunity to read. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I can absolutely promise that in all respects. Like, if you like the first issue, then you won't be disappointed by the rest because it, I I think that the like the book itself just keeps getting better each issue. So. Well, we actually had a, um, the opportunity to interview Cullen Bunn about three days ago. So I guess for I would like to ask you, what is it like to work with Cullen Bunn? So is there anything you want to say or anything you want to just spill about him? That'd be fantastic. Um, and also, um, or do you work from a script or are you working more like Marvel style? So all the questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Cullen had done a lot of work on this before I even signed up on the project. So um, as far as like collaborative creation of the, the actual story, I think he had a pretty solid idea of what, what that was before he even began. Um, and then past that, uh, he, he kind of gave me some, you know, some notes and ideas about what, what we could do visually, uh, you know, by way of like, you know, outfits and, you know, spaceships and aliens and all that stuff. Um, and uh, he liked what I did and I, I liked what he, what, like the directions that he had given me. Um, so that, that part of it's really easy. And I think, uh, I think as far as working with, I think he's just, a, he's, he's a hardworking guy. Like he really, you know, he hits his marks. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's running like, I don't know, four or five titles right now. We were talking to him. We're like, how in the world are you running this much at one time? That must drive you absolutely insane. But apparently he's got control over it. Somehow he's figured it out. 
Yeah, I'm I'm half convinced. I wouldn't be surprised if if someone told me that he had just started writing when he was five and like has been like <laughs> keeping an editing script since then because you know he's a prolific writer. So yeah, the the guy probably doesn't sleep at all. <laughs> yeah, he might not. Uh, it must be it must be a totally different world. I mean, a writer can work on four, five, sometimes even six of your something like Jeff Johns in a month, but an artist can only do the one title. That must be a totally different mindset as far as commitment goes. I think so. Yeah, I I do appreciate. I think a lot of writers in comics and and Colin's not uh, not excluded from this uh, are really aware of that. Like that the um, that artists can only work on so many projects at once, and um, it's it's nice that writers will have that consideration. Yeah, um, I mean. I, I mean, from so in your um, mindset when you go into choosing a series, I mean, you must really be looking at not just to complete this one series or do I like this one issue, but once again, are you in? Can you dedicate yourself to six, seven, a, maybe even a year's worth of titles uh, issues? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it sounds easy enough, right? You, you just <laughs> sign up for the uh, for the year, like taken care of, and then you realize like the the amount of work that that is involved. Um, not that that's a deterrent, but like <laughs> it's when, when, when you're in the middle of an issue, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it ever seems like, you know, like that's kind of like the, the bottom of the curve as far as like, what the hell did I do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever regretted being on a, a series and, and regretted and said, you know, I want to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, have I? Yeah. I've never regretted being like, I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to lurk on, on projects that I really enjoy. It's just that, like, it's just the amount of work, and that, like, halfway through an issue, you kind of really want all you want to do is like nothing, you know, because <laughs> you <have> so <laughs> you've done so much work, and you want you have so much work to do, and there's nothing that's really exciting, and I, I really enjoy the work, but you know, like anything, you know, you you just you know, it's the sunniest day, you know, like <laughs> all those nice days are right in the middle, and you're like, I just want to go outside and like, you know do nothing for a little while (laughs) that's i understand that that's like i i'm fortunate enough to have that complaint i guess yeah i mean like i said i mean i've only ever been on the writing side of things like i can't draw at all so the the mindset of an artist is definitely something that i find fascinating Mm. it's good i try to also like keep in mind that writers are they have like five you know plates spinning at once so if I can, as the artist, like kind of handle as much, if not more, of the load and on my project to hopefully keep them from going insane, like that's <laughs> that's something I, I I like to do. Whether I do it successfully or not is is another question. Well, from what I've seen of the of Rogue Planet One, you definitely have done it successfully. <laughs> well, thank you. No problem. I mean, um, I guess the other thing is too, from a point of um, creation, obviously. Um, a writer, com- you know, when, when they it's, um, has an idea, obviously they find they will always t- call their story, you know, their baby. So, from an artist standpoint, how do you make it your baby? <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I, uh, I I don't know if I've ever really thought about like you know specifically. I'm sitting with like because I I, I I work half digital and half like and I ink on on paper, and I've never really thought of the as babies. It's more like. Um, <laughs> It's just like a, almost like an orphanage full of like, you know, 
<laughs> like terrible children <laughs> that I have to take care of where it's just like I feel like they, you know at some point they're just trying to kill me you know <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a phrase that way <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> I'm doing my best but you know Rogue Plan is like I said I really thought the, the art was fantastic and I was curious who some of your influences were from an, um, art influences I don't know for, for, for Rogue Planet I just tried to go with what felt right with the script. I, generally, I could just say, you know, there's there's the the like the the top ten of like artists. Like there's everyone has their list, um, but the the people that I keep looking back to are probably like uh, you know Stuart Immonen, uh, Kevin Nolan, Mignola, uh, Eric Canetti. Uh, God, it's a huge list. I I don't know if like how much or if at all visually it influences my work, but I I find looking at their work is very inspiring. So as you mentioned earlier about Nick Filardi. What once again having not I'm not an artist on my end at all. From from a what what do you look for in a colorist, and what did Nick Filardi bring to Rogue um, Planet that might have been different than what you've seen from other colorists? He is excited about doing like like he he i don't he i I think maybe all colors do this and and i i don't talk to all colors so i wouldn't know but i would say like nick is very excited about like you know tailoring what he does to the the line art and then like making sure that like he's he's really he's he's not cognizant he's really like concerned with like me being okay with what he's doing you know, which yeah. is, it's, it's, it's like almost <laughs> tyrannical, but like, it's just more like, you know, I think he, you know, like we're all looking to hear from colleagues to be like, how can we improve? Like, what can we do better? Like, what's, how do we shave down our, our times? How do we, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I think he's really kind of like, he's really, he does, he does that really well. And I, I, I like working with him a lot. Well, there must be a fantastic, a, a synergy that is developed between, you know, the writer, the penciler, and the colorist. So, and I guess even more so the colorist and the penciler than the art, a writer, where you guys definitely have to be kind of in sync and communicate a lot with what you guys want to see. Yeah. We, I mean, as much as, as much as we need, like a lot of the time, Nick is with, with his work. I, it's more just the communication is, he says, like, I finished the issue and then I look at it and then I'm kind of a gog, like, you know, just stuck. <laughs> like, I have no, this is amazing. Like, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what else to tell you kind of thing. And then, you know, the other half of the time, I'm just, you know, I'm sure he's just cursing my name for all the, <laughs> the whole time, you know? He's like, and that bastard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's probably the po- most polite that he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> well, I, I think um, I mean, right off the bat, just looking at that first issue, that the cover that cover is so phenomenal and it's so eye catching that I must you can almost know nothing about the series, and that cover makes you want to not only buy the comic but put it in a top loader and stick it right on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that. That's that's fantastic. So, what inspired the um your, the cover? The, there's a lot of this book that's just gross. Okay. <laughs> it's horror. Like there are like, it's, you know, it's horror and there are, there's gross things happen in horror. And uh, so like, it just made it to me, it just was like, I, I have to put this on as many covers as I can at least try to, you know? 
like I said, it was, it was such a good job. And one thing I was wondering when I was looking at it was, I mean, did you, in, pre- in preparation for the series, did you do um, a bunch of research in horror movies or horror comics and kind of get yourself in the mood? Or is that just like innately, were you able just to like visualize and just do it? Um, a lot of it was really just like what Cullen had put in the script and just a, a few side notes and stuff like that. A lot of it came from there. I didn't want to... I don't want to get into like too many movies, although like I don't um, don't know how many artists you talk to, but I I play a lot of movies while I'm working, and a lot of the time those movies are like every Alien movie, you know, from the from the start up until what was the last one, Covenant. Like I'll just I'll just run those while I'm working, just because I I like those movies. It just happened to coincide with with Rogue Planet, and I kind of had to stop because you know you don't want you don't want it to influence too much. You know, I, I don't want it to like seep in too much, but like, um, yeah, I'll watch a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the alien movies. I just, I like the, the tone of them. Oh, uh, they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, th- I think it, you know, worked out. And, and again, like you have to be really kind of aware that they don't influence too heavily. Have you ever seen the movie event horizon? <laughs> that's another one that i i'll play <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know why but when i was reading rogue planet somebody that movie just kept popping in my brain for event horizon i was like that is like this is to me this to me that's where the connection was made and i thought event horizon was an incredible movie but and visually though i found both kind of just this are both uh, stunning visually cool that's great i i hadn't like i i'm sure i i had watched it at least once while i was working um that's a that's a good a good analogy. I mean, it's, it's like because Event Horizon is so gross. It is, but it's. I mean, Sam Nail is so good in that movie. It's, it's, it's almost ridiculous how good he is. Yeah. <laughs> skin or no skin, he's a he's a talent. <laughs> he really is. So, it, um, in Rogue Planet, um, on the Cortez, there's eight crew members. Um, is there a challenge of working with so many characters in one issue? Did you feel like just strangling Colin and be like, why so many characters? <laughs> there are a few times I was like, wait, is that the, like, you know, like I know them visually, but I haven't, I is it putting names with faces is, is kind of a strange thing to do in a book that you're working on. Like, I don't <laughs> know, who's this one again? Like, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, some, like, I'm their grandparent, you know, I'm just like pointing at the one is like, who are this one again? So like, <laughs> It wasn't really a pain in the ass. It was just kind of like I had to be, you know, on top of like who's doing what. So how many times do you have to read through a script before you feel comfortable in starting it art wise? Maybe a couple. <laughs> I'll say not as not as much as I should probably. <laughs> you know, one's good enough. <laughs> like well, two or three times. But I, I feel like I should give it probably a lot more than that. Well, I'm sure time's also an issue. Always. I, but how long um, in, in, does it take to complete one script um, for you? I well, <laughs> some of these issues went really quickly for me because it was just a lot of fun to draw these, and so, like it just kind of like flew flew onto the page. Um, but generally, like five five weeks, I think, pencil and ink. Wow, five weeks. Yeah. Wow, that's gotta be rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 long days, but like you know, you you cut out enough time in a day, and maybe you can get it like you know, uh, some uh, weekend or you know, a day or two out of the week for to yourself. And that's why you you work so far so much in advance. You know, like I said, you're five issues ahead. Is that because it of the five weeks? Well, yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. 
So, um, you're once again, we talked about how detailed your art is. And once again, you have a lot of characters, uh, a lot of characters you have to balance, and also you have to balance background details. Um, do you ever have an issue with um, one being more uh, being distracting than the other, like versus characters versus background, or, and how do you balance that? Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the put a, like a lot of detail is you can use it for you know texture to kind of balance, like if you have a, a kind of a, a blank foreground with a busy you know tech behind it you can set like uh your your distance and like the depth of the of the scene um sometimes i honestly just got went probably a little out of i <laughs> got carried away <laughs> drawing monsters and gross things that like you know it's just a lot of like weird little nubs and skin tags and eyeballs and stuff. so like some of that was totally just my fault uh, riffing on on what Colin had had laid down in the script. <laughs> so one one another great creation, like you said, you talking about um, your design is the Lonely Orphan, which once again is a fantastic concept of a uh, the Rogue Planet. Um, what did Colin give you um, for information about its uh, appearance, or was it just left up left up to your discretion? He, I think he kind of like he. I think he. Dev- I don't know this for sure, but I I feel like he had like a, a very like specific thing in mind. I don't know if I really if I was trying to like find what he had in mind, but I, I think what I read in the script is was what I took to the page basically. Well, I think the, when the coolest thing you created was that villainous eye mouth thing. So where, where, where did that come? I mean, that like, it really was incredible. That looks like some sort of weird nightmare. Um, um, it looked kind of reminded me. Of, I don't know why of like Slither for some reason. Right. Yeah. I feel like Colin has seen some things or like he's got some dreams or nightmares. Did, did you've talked to Colin? Did he uh, have an answer for you on that? Um, I actually didn't ask him. I, I asked him um, these questions for visuals were left for you. Cause we knew you were coming up shortly. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think he, again, I, I think he, he, he was, no, he didn't over-direct in the script to, to say it's going to look like this or that. He's, he sent some pictures of, like, this is what it could be. And then I tried to run with it as much as as much and as far as I could. And I, I hope that uh, it serves whatever nightmare he had <laughs> in mind. So what what pictures like, – did he send pictures that he, of sketches he drew? Or did he look online and said, hey, look at these references? Yeah, links in the script just kind of, like, that you can go to uh, – you know, like uh, Google, like image search or you know Wikipedia pages or whatever. Are you, are you are you able to spill the beans on some of the things that he chose to reference? I wish I could. At this point, like, yeah, we we started a while ago, so like I just saved the images and then got rid of the links. So I don't know exactly what a lot of these things are from, unfortunately. Oh, no problem. But like, it's it's just amazing that um, I don't know what goes on through Colin's brain because like I said it did look visually fantastic. Cool. That's good to hear. <laughs> and and it, it like I said, and is um sh- I mean I can't give away any spoilers, but it it, it it it's very shocking when it when it does appear and what happens from it. <laughs> and this is spoiler country. You can give it away. Isn't that your isn't that your mandate? <laughs> to, to, to ruin the comic books for people. It's it's one of the things that we have in in our mind. You know, if you can ruin one or two things for someone, we've done it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So how many issues is Rogue Plan expected to run for, assuming everything eventually normalizes? 
Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm working on issue five now, uh, and I we'll see. They we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, so it's not meant as a miniseries; it's meant as an ongoing, perhaps. I this I'd be. Um, I know. I know the, the the first five issues are a contained story, and then past that, I'm not sure whether or not what what Oni has in mind or what it, or how much of that I'd be at liberty to say. So, can the readers be comfortable knowing that you're going to be the artist throughout the series that so far, or is that speaking I too soon? I think so. If if I'm not, I, I feel like I've really really stepped on some toes. <laughs> so don't piss off anybody. Make make this happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I to my to to all of my knowledge, the best of my knowledge, yes, I, I would be. It would be me. I would hope it would be me. <laughs> So how many sacrifices are you giving to Cullen? <laughs> are these uh, uh, like uh, uh, metaphorical or actual blood sacrifices? You know, I, I think that's something we probably can't say out to, into the public, but we just give, give a wink and a nod uh, if it's uh, non, uh, if it's literal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, another page I thought what you did um, it was amazing, um, or at least one that stood out. I mean, like the whole issue was amazing. On page 16, you created the full scope or I gave a sense of real scope to the planet. And I just wanted to get a sense of your, how you visualize that um, page. That's the one when you, they first um, the crude lands on um, lone, uh, lonely orphan and they kind of get, kind of get out and that take that long look. I mean, that one thing that was incredible. And I was curious once again, how you um, approach that page. Yeah, there was, that was tricky. Cause you want to, you, you want to uh, show like, that it's the expanse of it. Like this thing is, is like, you know, an enormous place, but also try to keep like, a, or hopefully, you know, I, I did it, um, just a, an element of like, it's still dark. It's still like where you are is like uh, a bit claustrophobic. So like rest, <laughs> going between the expanse of a horizon and the feeling of claustrophobia is tricky, but that's, that's kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah, I mean, especially with Lonely Planet being um, a, a rogue planet, you don't have natural light sources, I guess, to use um, as well. So does that, that make things more complicated for you? Kind of, but not really. I mean, it's, it's, it is kind of like a, it's a, anything goes. And I think it, if I was to do something more literal, it would have been almost too dark and too not 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 dark in tone but just kind of like you know <laughs> a few a couple of those seasons in of game of thrones where they they had the contrast wrong oh like season eight where they had that big battle but you didn't see a goddamn thing yeah 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 it's you would think like this this planet could potentially look like that and um you know i it's the the beauty of is of comics is like you can you can kind of play around with that it's you know yeah, I mean, you do have to wonder what Game of Thrones were thinking. I mean, people are talking about how you have to adjust your settings or whatever on your TV. I'm thinking to myself, it's not my job as a fan to adjust the settings of my TV. It's your job to make it so I can see a damn thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And like, and the thing about comic books is, I guess, the reader can't make an adjustment. So you have to sell it you know, directly to them on that page. Yeah, and, you know, the, the average reading time of a page is like five seconds or something like that. Like, so you... You, you kind of have to, you, you, you got to push it, push it out. And really, you know, again, like you say, you got to see the damn thing. <laughs> but I mean, I must admit, um, yeah, Game of Thrones did kind of um, disappoint, but um, 
let's go going back to the world of comic books, which is obviously why we're here. We're not here to talk about Game of Thrones and why they failed at the end. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's okay to um, segue to the Game of Thrones. I'm sure there's still people still seething with annoyance on what they did to it. Sure. Other than um, Oni Press, um, you also worked a lot for Marvel. And can you tell me some differences of what it's like to work from Oni versus when you're you're working for Marvel? There is the well, the the timeline for sure. Like we 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 like had a lot of run the uh, runtime, not runtime. What is it? A lead time, I guess, on Rogue Planet that we could we could kind of do the thing that we wanted to do. The you know business of Marvel and DC for the most part is uh, monthly books. It's periodicals, and you you know to do that you have to like hit deadlines, and you know hitting deadlines means working quickly efficiently and, and and making sure it's done when it needs to be done so that everybody else can get their done get their work done on time etc down the line and people get comics when you say they're going to get them you know so, um so it's a little it's a little more relaxed through this 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 oni system but uh that'd be the, like the first difference so with marvel um how much time did you have for completion generally like five yeah like five weeks Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I, I I always some reason I always thought the comic books were completed within that month of the next issue. You know what I'm saying? I always thought they were literally like next month, next one's done. Next month, the next one's done. I guess I had no concept how this actually functioned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well, sometimes it. I think that happens. I I, I think people prefer not to <laughs> do that <laughs> because it can be really uh, stressful. But um. You know, and sometimes obviously it does happen, but generally, yeah, you know, it's there's a few months, you know, lead time because you know, everybody you want everyone to have enough time to put out the best thing they can in the the time that they have. Now, I mean, once again, everyone when they t- talk about Marvel comic books, they always talk about the, the strips were made in the Marvel way, which is, I guess, a plot summary more or less. Is was that true for when you were working on Marvel? And if so, how did that how, was that better, or how was it better or worse from? what you were doing with um, the script, more script format. I, the, the stuff that I worked on at Marvel has, was all script format. And uh, I personally, I, I, I like it. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to work the, the, the other way, but um, it's not, I don't know. I, so I, I wouldn't prefer say object or subjectively or no, sorry, objectively that one is better than the other. But uh, I've just had more experience with the script format, and I like it well enough. So, okay, so, I mean, Lisa, I must have talked to several people about Marvel, and I don't think I've actually talked to anyone who actually did the Marvel way. And is that more of a, of a myth and, or old school and it's not done that way anymore, you think? No, it is. I think, that, I think there are a lot of people that do prefer it because there's a kind of uh, – there's an extra bit of not actual ownership but, like, involvement that, you know, in, in the work because you're really – uh, as and from the visual side, you're really kind of like you know pulling out like the the scenes and, and putting together pages from you know the basically a couple paragraphs of, of script that that isn't really script. It's just you know it's kind of a loose. This is what needs to happen, and uh, I think people really can enjoy that, and you can kind of put more of yourself into it sometimes. Have, um, have you ever have you ever considered doing a um, a comic book? completely by yourself yeah yeah definitely uh, from um like would you work from um a script or would you and like and then 
draw it, or are you gonna would you just draw it right out? I would. <laughs> I'm I'm lazy enough to to know that I don't want to write a script, but at the same time, <laughs> I know that I, I I would have to for myself just to kind of keep myself honest and to know just where I was going with the thing. So you think that you think that's something you're gonna do um, at some point in your career, um, your own series? Uh, I don't know about a series. Just that, that you know, like month in and month out, I, I would. I actually I do like the collaborative process of, of comics, and I would want to if I was going to do something for months on end, I would want to like work with other people. Um, just I, I just think it it moves things along a lot faster, and there's a little more kind of everybody keeps each other honest. I think whereas like <laughs> I I know my myself if I was writing and drawing and, and doing the baking the whole cake. Uh, I might take some shortcuts over, you know, uh, by month four or whatever. You know, I, I might, uh, I might start tripping myself up. So it's, it's good to have someone um, on the team being like, "Don't slack off. Got to keep going." Yeah, yeah. You want to, you want to make sure that the guy after you has uh, has his, their work on time, and the guy before you is getting you your work on time. I mean, it must be it, 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 it must be it fun to be on that kind of team. I mean, it must be almost on some level, almost a, a, a familiar feeling, a, like a, a family feeling of, you know, this tight knit group, you know, going through, you know, fire with each other. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it can sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's it's peculiar when there are there's occasion where you don't meet almost anybody. You've never met anybody that you, on a project that you're working on, which can be kind of strange. But um. What kind of project was? The, are you able to or share what kind of project that was on? Where you may have never even met the people involved. Um, just like you know, if you, uh, <laughs> it was some project. Yeah, it was a couple <laughs> of things. But I mean, it, it's not a like a negative response. It's just it's just very like I said, it's peculiar. It's weird not to because I I do have a tendency to have that kind of like you know like we're in the foxhole like teammate kind of thing when I would with when I work with anybody and to, and I've been fortunate enough to know like a percentage of most of the people I've worked with, but sometimes it happens that, um, that you don't, you've never met before. And it's, it is, it's a strange thing. Now the difference, um, I mean, I've worked with a few artists in my time doing, um, indie comics. I mean, obviously nothing at your level, but you know, the, the smaller indie side of things. And I must say, um, the difference between, I, I sometimes think between great artists or successful artists and not successful artists is how they handle criticism. And I guess for people who are new artists trying to break in or new artists trying to um, establish themselves, um, have you ever had um, had any criticism from a writer or, or an editor saying, you know, you need to fix this? And how did you approach it either, um, you know, I guess psychologically, how did you go about it? I, yeah, I have for sure. Like the, actually the, people I value working with the most are the people who have given me the most, you know, notes on, on stuff that I've done. Um, I, cause I really appreciate it. Like I said, I, I, you know, anybody who can, can see, you know, something that I've done and, you know, tell me how to make it better. Like I, I, I can't, there's no, it's, it's invaluable. Like it's, there's, you can't put a price on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, uh, to me, I think that's, that's a fantastic attitude. I, I, I find that, Unfortunately, when you work with some artists, when you, um, 
you know, give them some criticism. I mean, hopefully it's constructive. I mean, obviously you never want to be damaging or de- deconstructive. Uh, when you're give it, um, sometimes you get like delays in response, delays in people returning their work, which obviously sours the process. And I do seems it does seem to be a difference in how one approaches that criticism. And it's great that apparently you handle it instead of looking at it from a, a negative or an attack, look at it as a way to improve. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I I really I I really do appreciate you know that kind of stuff. And I, I I've also never had anybody not misuse, but like they know that they're giving criticism and not just you know saying just some nonsense hurtful thing. I, I <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to to not work to not have to work with somebody like that. I guess. Well, I guess to be on a good team, you got to not have any, that kind of ego. I mean, I guess you need an ego to be a professional, but I guess you got to have a certain kind of ego not to let it affect what you're doing or how you're hearing things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think most well, artists anyways, most artists hate what they did yesterday, love what they're going to do tomorrow. And then today they're just doing their trying their best. And, uh, you know, hopefully the people are around to be able to, like, help them do that. I mean, is there a certain um, consistency in, in a, um, any kind of aspect between uh, artists who are successful and those who aren't? I, I can't imagine it's strictly talent because it seems like there's some a lot of people who are talented but not successful. Just as there are some people who may be successful but not quite as talented. <laughs> yeah, a, I don't. That's a. That's I don't know what the what the equation would be. Uh, somebody told me once that like. The, the like the the tripod of I don't even know if it would be success, but like it would it's, it's not even the tripod. There's three things. Is like you can be you can be two of the three and do well, uh, fast, nice, and good. If you're two <laughs> of those, you'll do well. Uh, if you're all three, then like you're probably golden. So are you golden? <laughs> I would like to think that I'm hopefully at least one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely good. Hopefully, you're nice. And well, you're 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 on with you're on with me so far, and you're tolerating tolerating me. So I'll go with nice and good, definitely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then I'll, I'll I'll cling to that. Then <laughs> <laughs> hold on to any compliment you can for as long as humanly possible. That's what I think is the key to success. <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Now, have you ever heard someone or received a criticism from someone? that you think is definitely wrong, let's say, for, I mean, even if it's the writer creator of the project, or especially maybe it's the writer creator of the project, and do you think to yourself, I mean, do you stand your ground and say, no, you're wrong on this? Do you immediately say, you know, this is his project or her project will do what that person wants? Or are you, you know, do you, are you negotiating? How, how do you handle when you think the person is wrong in what they're criticizing for? <laughs> Unfortunately, most of the time, it's... Uh... When people are trying to uh, compliment the work, that's when I think they're wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> but you know, like I said, every most artists hate what they did yesterday, and you know, their best work is tomorrow. So, so, so you always trust the negative com- compliment, the, uh, the negative comment. You're always uh, wary of the positive. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's, that's the key to being successful as well, you know. Uh, <laughs> or just uh, uh i don't know <laughs> or, or or you just like to um be a massacist and beat on yourself a little bit <laughs> that's probably yeah i think that's what i was looking for yeah <laughs> the key um, to being a <laughs> well hey i mean it must be working for you because you're obviously very successful at the moment 
Um, now going back to Marvel a bit, is there has it been a Marvel character that you've always wanted to work on? Yeah, loads for sure. Uh, but they're all like, they're, <laughs> I I don't think anybody really is clamoring for these characters to have their own books. But like basically the C and D list of of Marvel, I would love to do uh, miniseries or one shots of you know for for years. Like any characters you want to um, reveal? For sure. Um, you, do you know Blue Streak, the roller skating the uh, thief? No, but he sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like, it's, it's just it's just crazy. There was a there was a Spider-Man villain called Slide. You, okay. you, tend to, you know, I, I must admit, um, I'm, I'm I tend to be more of a, a DC guy, so I don't know. I don't I don't get as far as the D-listers usually in Marvel. I mean, I know a few of them. Okay. I don't have as much experience with the D-listers, but a guy on roller skates committing crimes just sounds like something desperate for uh, West Coast Avengers treatment. Sure, sure. I think that'll be super fun. Yeah. Uh, West, uh, what's the one? Um, not the West Coast. What's the one where they're like in Michigan or something? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like it's like the joke Avengers. Right. The um, Great Lakes Avengers. Great Lakes Avengers. That's what I was yeah. thinking about. That <laughs> he sounds like a perfect Great Lake Avenger. Yeah, <laughs> or at least somebody that they would try to apprehend, I guess. Yeah, exactly. How about for DC? Anything um, over there that you're, you've been interested in? When I, I did a couple issues of Justice League of America with Steve Orlando a few years ago, and I was surprised at how much I loved drawing Lobo. Oh, yeah, he's really like, he's cool. really like I remember the I used to read the Simon Bisley books and I kind of lost track of the character after a while, but drawing them is really fun. Like I, 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 I get it, you know, <laughs> like I was drawing, I was like, okay, I get it. Cause, cause he's such a extreme, um, kind of a funny character or was it something about the visuals of the, the bike? Yeah. Just all the, like the visuals, I guess, are really, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, there's the extreme nature, but also like the, what he, like whatever you can, you can put him in whatever. And it, like, he's just going to, yeah, there's something that really is fun to draw. Yeah, I must admit, the one character at DC that I've always thought has never gotten enough love is Red Tornado. I always feel there's not enough people who want Red Tornado to be a, a, a successful character. Right. Will that be, yeah, that's that vein. That's what's that's literally like third string of the Justice League or second, maybe? Uh, he dies so often, it's hard to even tell anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So what was it like to work with Steve Orlando? Um, it was fun. I, I feel like... He, he like every script was just like he was he was he was shooting for the uh like just big visuals every time it was it was uh it was not hard work but like fun work to keep, try to keep up with him i must be, must be incredible i mean the justice league is always a comic book that's huge with not only the cast but every issue is on massive scope which from an artist must be extremely taxing uh yeah yeah i i the stories that i worked on, on with steve were were um not exact they were they weren't the the world you know world scope it was like some of them like one story was set i think in like uh somewhere in pennsylvania like in an old steel town you know it was really kind of like super he like steve had some he had, he had a like a, a definite vision for for what this team was supposed to be and a lot of it was like the like justice league of america so it was like very american and it's like small american towns and american cities so so this was like the um this is the spinoff one after rebirth correct yeah yeah, I actually had the first issue of Justice League of America on my wall with a Steve Orlando autograph, so I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, and like I said, it, it, it's a brilliant cover. It has a, once again, it does have your Lobo on, and it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to Marvel just a little bit, um, so you got to work on She-Hawk. Yeah. How how was that? And do you think the character gets the love that she deserves as well? I I don't know if she gets the love that she deserves. I, I think a lot of people are. She's. I think she's kind of a secret favorite to everybody to to a lot of people. Um, but again, she's a favorite of mine, so she will never get the love that she does. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> never enough. And I mean, is it different writing for a character that you personally love? I, for me, yeah. Like I, you, like the level, like there's a little, it's a little more precious, I guess. So it's kind of like you, you want to do an extra good job. Not that like, you know, you, you think I, you know, ideally you want to do an extra good job at everything you do and you're really, you know, swinging for the fences every time. But there are those times when like, you know, again, to keep with the baseball analogy, like this is the one, this is the big game that your parents are showing up for. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to do, you want to win this one for them or whatever, you know? So like working at She-Hulk was a lot of fun and you just kind of want to like add a little, little extra something in there. Is there ever more pressure to work on a character that, that you personally feel, you know, just attached to? I, I, I guess potentially, but I mean, not, not, it's not a, not like a damning pressure that, that locks, locks up uh, the flow of work, you know? Gotcha. Um, I was, I was reading an interview that you did on Newsarama. And you discuss how She-Hawk's movements uh, were made to appear graceful and effortless. And one thing, I, and I, and I thought that was um, a phenomenal uh, description of not only your artwork, but it got me thinking from a writer standpoint about what an artist brings to the character as far as development goes. And I never really thought about how much of the character development is by the arts and how they're drawing the character. And do you think an artist gets that kind of enough credit on what they bring to the characterization of one of these, you know, superheroes or characters? I don't know. Maybe I could, again, you know, as an artist and, and having a lot of artist friends, I could say that nobody ever gets enough credit for, for the work that they do. So, Fair enough. But, you know, I don't want to like, I'm, I'm not, that's, I'm not also complaining that nobody gets credit. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of friends of mine that do really great work. And I, I I'm just kind of baffled when people, it was like, don't know what they do you know someone's like so i I would always like i'd always promote them but you know i i feel like different different people go for different artists go for a a different kind of like their own niche interests maybe in what they're doing or what they're trying to do so sometimes it's acting sometimes it's just kind of like trying to blow out all the the pop like excitement that they can and sometimes it's just kind of about realism you know so from a, as an artist, you think you're almost more of a psychological artist and you're getting into more into the heads of the characters than maybe another artist may? I couldn't say for sure, not knowing what other artists are up to. But like I know, I, yeah, I definitely, I like to do that. I like to get into the, the acting of the, of the characters for sure. Now, another book that you worked on that I loved was The End League. I thought that was such a gorgeous looking book that you drew. Awesome. I will. I, I, in fair, fair enough. I only did the last issue and I was fortunate enough to work after, you know, like, or I'm not fortunate enough to be in the, in the same series as Eric Canetti, but also like to follow that guy is impossible because he's, <laughs> he's, every pay, every panel is just chuckle energy. Yeah. But I mean, it, the, the last issue on nine, I mean, that was, 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 again, it was another terrific issue. And what was it like to work with Rick Remeter? Uh, it was great. I would work with him anytime. He's, I, I like him. 
personally, and I like what he does as a writer. I think he's it's really exciting work, and um, he also uh, he pushes hard. He he pushes hard for good 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 product, and it's nice to work with people like that. Now you also worked with Jeff Lemire. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I I was looking on it was something um like um the about Max correct uh, whiskey Max. Um, <laughs> oh, that's my that's my that was like a my blog company type thing whiskey Mac yeah. Because uh, looking at it, it was I mean it was very cool. It was interesting looking at um all the characters and the blog itself was um interesting as well. Was um the end league always meant to stop at issue nine or was it going to be something that I went continued after? <laughs> I I think it, I don't know. <laughs> I would hate to say what what to, I would like to to discount what they what has actually been said with it, but um like what they said. But I, I don't. I think there was a limited time that it was. I don't. I don't think it got as many issues as they wanted it to have. But it, I don't think it was supposed to be an ongoing forever type book either. But I'm not. Sh- I'm not totally sure about that either. Cause like I said, it just felt like something that was, that was meant to go longer than that, and I and I seem to remember feeling somewhat ab- somewhat ab- abrupt by the ending. Yeah, it, it might have been cut a little short. Yeah. Now, is there um, what other characters that you haven't worked on that you wish you could? Uh, Hulk, Ghost Rider. <laughs> I could be here. Like I could go into the uh, again. You say you're a more DC person. I, I could go into the. Uh, do you remember who's who? I do know of it. Yes. The, the, yeah, I again like uh, I, I, my first introduction in the comics or to to reading or seeing a comic was the Marvel Universe handbook, which has all the characters, and at the same time the DC Who's Who handbook. And uh, again, that's where it's just like, just you know, point a finger at any like C or D list character in, in in those books, and I feel like I would love to work on them. Like. Well, I, like um, Adam Strange. I mean, it's nice that he's finally getting some attention from Tom King. Well, yeah. okay, that's another character I just I always loved growing up. Him was you know, he was one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to see him uh, getting this treatment that he is now the, with this this new series. Yeah, and, and it, it's always nice when someone gives attention to a character like um, like Ragman. It's, he does not get enough attention. He's such a wonderful character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what what are you currently reading? Uh. I wish I had time to read anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even remember the last time I've uh, I actually read anything. It's, it's terrible to say. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean it's good to be that busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to, to be busy, and I, I haven't uh, haven't had the time. But at the same time, like I I do I remember I read something maybe a month ago, and I loved it. And I think it actually might have been a breakdown of a comic that isn't released yet. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you, if you remember it, let, let us know, uh, or let me know. Um, <laughs> as a kid, what books were you reading? A lot of X-Men books, I, I think. Um, and then I remember the, there was a justice league Europe book that, that ran for a while. I really enjoyed that. Um, amazing Spider-Man just, I guess the, the basics, I feel like. Well, well, like I said, I mean, when I grew up, for um, I started reading uh, Spider-Man for a while. I quit around the Clone Saga. I think I, that kind of, uh, you know, quit on Spider-Man after that one a little bit. But for me, it was always Green Lantern, Justice League, and Batman were like my big three, and yeah. Cross Gen. 
Yeah, but, Green um, Lantern is a lot of fun. I I, I like I, you know I, I kind of forget about that. The um oh that's a, that's I just read the Far Sector. Oh, Far Sector. That, that's a really well done comic book. Yeah, that that I read that recently, and I think that's great. I, the art, the writing, it's all it's a it's a well done product. Yeah, when I first heard about, it, I'm 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 a very much a completist. I own every Green Lantern since 1961. Honestly, actually, <laughs> and well, yeah, I, I have every uh, issue, every spinoff comic book, every annual miniseries. Um, if it, I have the issues of the Flash uh, when he had Green Lantern as a backup character, I buy every single one of them. Like I said, I'm I'm, a compl- I'm literally a completist. And um, when Far Sector came out, I was thinking to myself, I don't want to buy. It. I can't afford another damn comic book. Uh, <laughs> But you know, then I got sucked in, and I believe the writer is N N K Jemison. I believe is the um, the writer of it, and yeah, it, it eventually sucked me in. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a great. I I feel like every book says this, but it's a great jumping on point for for a franchise. But that one was definitely like I I not having a lot of time to read a lot of comic books. I had no idea where Green Lantern universe is, even though like. What artist? Did, I feel like every artist would love the chance to draw some sort of Green Lantern, given that like there's a ring that can create anything, and like you, that's an opportunity to just draw everything, right? Yeah. So, um, so Far Sector was a lot of like I was glad to read a Green Lantern comic again that I didn't have to know what was going on in the rest of the universe. Well, if it makes you feel better, the fans of Green Lantern don't even know what's going on in the rest of the universe at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not, not to go into too much details. You have Far Sector going on. You have um, some Green Lantern showing up in Justice League Odyssey. You have Green Lantern in Justice League with Jon Stewart. And then you have Grant Morrison's The Green Lantern, where it's sort of an alternate reality Green Lantern sort of thing. I don't know what's going on with that, really. So what that, what's actually happening at the core of Green Lantern, I think even Green Lantern fans have no real clue. <laughs> uh, I see. I see. But, um, yeah, but I think the allegory of a rain that can do anything as long as you will it is a great allegory for anyone, you know, for success. You know, anytime they're struggling, that the power to overcome it is within you and it's your willpower that allows you to create that success. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not about some piece of jewelry. It's it's more about you. Yeah. So um, just going um, going back just a little bit to um, what we talked about when we first started is um, the world as we as we know it. Um, so how has the lack of comic cons affected you? Um, do you still have upcoming conventions? Have they all been canceled? Or are you just holding off for now? Yeah, I, I just really holding off. I th- I think this it's it's a you know unprecedented and the world is kind of like changed you know for the next for this year i think so as far as like making those kinds of plans were like big travel i i i canceled i think three conventions so far this year and and that's all i that's all i had slated and i kind of have stopped planning for conventions which is unfortunate because i initially wanted to make this you know uh, a year of conventions but uh yeah that's what happens this is where yeah. we are yeah i mean i had um i bought tickets um I, I got my hotel room to um attend i'm not as a not as an artist but as a you know a customer uh terrific con in connecticut and that's in august and i the more this is going on i, I it has me wondering you know is the convention going to happen i mean i bought the tickets got i'm going to the hotel for a couple of nights and it, it's concerning, you know, because it's seeming more and more like these things are going to get canceled. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, who, who knows? I, I really hope for a lot of reasons 
that you don't have to cancel a Terrificon. I, I hope that, that things can kick back into into place for you know sooner than later. I mean, yeah, like, I, I can't. I must admit, this is a situation that I've never imagined actually happen. Me, it's kind of it's almost like you see in the movies, but I I don't think I ever imagined something actually playing out this way. And it does make you wonder about the industry. And I like to be an optimist. And I think like after you know something similar to like 1950s with the um, you know seduction of the innocent book coming out and comic books kind of went on, hi- on hiatus for a while. I, I'm not just thinking comic books will definitely come back and survive. But like I said, it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely scary times. I I don't think they're they're, they're going anywhere. Uh, but the the way in which people get their comics will probably shift in the next you know few months um i don't know like i'm a, I'm a I, I do like the actual thing but i feel the actual physical floppy you know comic book but i think that digital comics will probably like you're, you're gonna see a lot more people you know downloading uh the digital versions of books instead of going for the uh so, so, so you think this will be when the final um, nails in the um, brick and mortar store coffin? No, I, and I hope not. I really hope not. I, I think that the, like one of the most important aspects of reading comics is having that store to go to where it's just, it's its own experience and kind of like lends a, a feeling of belonging and, and, and to, to comics and the comics world. It also, uh, a sense of ownership of your part in that world, you know? So I, I don't think so. I think, I think too many people enjoy that aspect of it, but I just think for the time being, um, you know, your digital subscriptions or, or downloads are, you know, they're going to become a necessity because what else are you going to do when you're sitting around <laughs> locked up on, on lockdown? Yeah. I mean, like, especially with diamond closing its doors. I mean, that basically is saying, print for the foreseeable, foreseeable future is done yeah yeah it's it's for you know it's a it's a break and it's a, i think it's a needed break it, it'd rather people be safe than uh you know yeah when that. well i'm gonna say when emerald city comic-con shut down uh spoiler country we put together a series of episodes for artists who attended those co- conventions to oh. kind of promote what they're doing and the mm. question that we always asked of these artists was um how can your fans help support you so what can they do where can they find your stuff how can they help you make it through me specifically yeah you specifically oh um that's a good question i have a if, the, if anyone's interested in, in purchasing um actual pages i've got a bunch of artwork up on comicarthouse.com and um People can and can pick up the uh, pick, pick up original pages through there. That's always super helpful. If not, just to <laughs> clear out some of the room in my closet where I keep all my <laughs> art. But uh, you know, it's it is a big help to artists to to buy original art. So, are you open to commissions at the moment or no? Yeah, same site actually. Uh, you can can get it's the one stop shop I think for commissions and um, and original pages. Good. That's fantastic. I hope all the listeners um, uh, go on and purchase from you and hope and support you. 
I would appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's kind of tough for everybody right now, but if, if somebody is uh, willing to, to, you know, part with some money and in, in, in return for some, some pages or original art, I, uh, I applaud them. Well, um, I just want to um, thank you very much, Andy. We've been on for about an hour, so I'm going to uh, I'll let you go. And I thank you very much for being able to talk to us. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So that was fun. Another another good solid interview with Jeff. And you know, I, I like it when we uh, we have. I like it when we have uh, creators on from multiple people from the same book right yeah. and we can talk to him about like you know we hear from we heard from colin about the writing aspect of this book and then we heard from andy with the you know the art aspect of this book yeah and it just kind of allows you to bring it all together so if you haven't heard the episode with colin bunn and casey go ahead and check that out as well because you get a kind of an, you can have a perspective from both sides of it there you go it's it is a lot of fun and uh i don't know andy seems like a cool guy yeah he is so i can't wait to actually get out there and and Check out more copies because I've only read the first one. Yeah, yeah the first one's good. So yeah, and I want to read more of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, are you doing more digital reading? I'm doing almost 100 percent digital right now. Is that weird? A little weird because I'm so used to having the book in front of me, but it's just so much easier to read digitally right now. Yeah, it's it's to me. I find like I can't read it on my phone, right? And I can't read it on my de- on my laptop. I have to, or even on my, you know, I have giant monitors at my house mm-hmm. and I can't even read it on that. I have to have it on a tablet that, that I can go uh, horizontal with that portrait mode right? and read it that way. So it gives me the most feel of looking at the actual book at the size that it was meant to be seen at. See, I can do it on my phone and it's, the phone doesn't bother me. Oh, I can't. It's too small. And we have the exact same phone. Well, it, it's too small, but if you use guided, if you like zoom in for panel by panel, it's not too bad. Yeah. See, I don't like reading like that. I, I really, I have to do it that way or it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I can't. And I, and luckily I have a 10.25 inch tablet. Yeah. And that works great. You know what I mean? It nice. looks great. It, you know, it goes through, it's just an Android tablet. So it's not very much. And I tried doing a seven inch, like the fire tablet from right. Amazon, that size. Right. That's hard. I, I can't do it, man. I, I need to be, it needs to be like that eight and a half by 11 or as close to it as possible. Right. Then I'm happy. I can read it. And I, and I have a, I have a good experience with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And otherwise, no. Well, I like, I, I love reading on my tablet. I have a, um, an iPad pro 11 inch, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the same size when you have. And I love reading comics on that when I have yeah. it, but I don't mind reading them on my phone either. It's, but I'll, read, I'll, I'll also read on my computer. It's like I read one today on my computer just real quick because I had to do a review for it real fast. And it doesn't bother me. I mean, Not I don't, real fast. You took your time. Yeah, I'll you my read time. it. You thought about it. Then you reviewed it fully as you should. Well, obviously, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't mind reading on my on my on my computer if I if it, and it's in a pinch. But I'm not going to read like a, a graphic novel on my computer. That I want to want to do on my tablet or my phone. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, there you guys go. I think yeah. that's a show. That's a show. A <laughs> little, 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 little runoff there, but it's just because it's interesting with COVID, not able to get to the LCS. I le- I prefer a physical copy, but uh, I have been reading more digital, so it's it's interesting. I agree. If you liked listening to Andy and Jeff talk, uh, you should really go back to spoilerverse.com. There is a ton of stuff there. I I feel like a broken record because we say this all the time, but it's the truth. 
And you can go there. You can check it all out. Everything's free right now. Uh, there's no paywall to worry about. You just download what you want to listen to or you even better yet, get into your podcatcher, hit subscribe, you know, look up spoiler country, hit subscribe and enjoy everything that as it comes out, because we, we pump stuff out all the time, like three, four, five days a week. We have new episodes coming out with new interviews and uh, just original shows and original episodes of us, you know, shooting the shit of what we call a tot, which is a tangent for tangents. And you never know what's going to come out of that. Uh, we've, We've had tots where a whole new book idea have come out that Johnny and I are now working on. Yeah, and it's, it, they're a lot of fun. And we have, you know, we do reviews here and there and topics and so many interviews. And we're pretty much a daily podcast these days, which is fun. Yeah. And we've got so much content coming out that you need to go check out Swellverse.com to get all the content from us, all the content from all the other net podcasts on our network, like Bridge and the Geekdom, the Narrative Gunslingers, and Funny Book Forensics, and and Hazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and all the stuff that's out there. You know, there's so many. And go check out the articles by Jay Roach and by Robert Savinsky and Colton Payne and and Sarah Kay. There's just so much stuff coming out every day that it, it's it's it, it, it it's, it's insane. Amazing. It's insane. Yeah, there's no other way to say it. Than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Hey, if you do like what you're hearing, do us a favor. You know, subscribe on your podcatcher. And then leave us a review. That helps tremendously. Yeah, it does. And share it out. Let people know that you, you're you a listener of, of Spoiler Country. And check out, go to spoilerverse.com, click on the store, and there's a ton of cool stuff to purchase if you're, if you're so inclined. We have a great logo, and there's a ton of t-shirts and sweatshirts or hoodies. Not sweatshirts. I guess they are sweatshirts. Same thing. Though. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. But... It's all right there for you to, to enjoy and check out. And it helps us keep the lights on a little bit. We don't make any money on this thing. We do this for the passion and for the love of it. So yeah. it just helps us that. pay for the hosting and equipment and all that fun stuff. All right, guys. That's a show, man. That's a show. So don't forget. In the oceans of podcasts, we are get the blue. That's control compels you to do. Open the mind. Every more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>